Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Shadow of the GM podcast, with me, your host, GM Shadow. Hello again, and welcome to yet another one of my podcasts inspired by the fact that the rest of the Anchor community are talking about the same thing. Um, this one's probably a little, a little delayed, because the railroading thing should have probably come after this one, but I was kind of having a long think about whether to do this this episode or not. And um, I'm going to talk about the OSR more specifically. Not so much a definition of what OSR is, because again, I think I said it in someone else's um, call in that, you know, if you walked into a room and asked 20 people who play OSR games what it means, they'd give you 20 different answers, I very much suspect. And I think listening to the the other podcasts and here, that's, you know, kind of the sort of general theme going through. Although there are definitely trends coming through. And I guess what I would do before I went on to talk about what it means to me is more about how I kind of discovered OSR as a movement. Um, again, I can't remember the exact date. You know, I struggle with dates. I don't write things down in diaries, so it's very hard to know. But I do know it was around the time when I think 4E was still active. Fourth edition Dungeons & Dragons was active. And I was actually experimenting at the time with Pathfinder. Um, having not really been satisfied with fourth edition, um, I want to do my review segment will probably become clear as to some of the reasons behind why I wasn't terribly massively happy with 4E when I was playing it, which led, to Pat, which led me to Pathfinder, which was effectively an enhanced version of 3rd edition, which I had quite a lot of fun playing, even though, again, that wasn't perfect. And what I stumbled across then was I sort of started looking around for other game systems in general, as I always do. I mean, I was looking at Fudge at the time as well, so I'd made a system using the old Fudge rules, which if anyone's come across that, it's kind of like a precursor to Fate by Fred Hicks. Um, and... I stumbled across um, a system called basic, basic Fantasy RPG, not the um, Chaosium Basic Fantasy, but Basic Fantasy RPG by Chris Goneman. And it was, as it said, an old-school revival game. So Chris Goneman, if you ever come across him, he's very much an officiado of old-school. And he really is a proponent not just of sort of old-school systems, but using things like old-school mapping and sort of the old-school artwork and things in his designs. And it really kind of caught me in, you know, not to go on too much about something Colin Green went on a while back in Spike Pit. It was almost like a nostalgia thing, I think, that one of the things that I especially remember was when I looked at the character sheet for Basic Fantasy RPG and it had all the old saving throws I was used to back in the day um, when I used to play 2nd Edition. So there was like your death saving throws and your paralysis saving throws and you know, saving throws against Polymorph. And it was kind of strange because I do remember when we used to play those games, we used to quite a lot of times take take the mickey out quite a lot of those kind of things I remember save versus death or die being quite a dramatic thing we used to joke about all the time in a very sort of you know flippant way when we used to play the games um but actually i do remember looking at it they could actually i did kind of miss those and in some ways it was quite nice and to go back to it and the more i read the system at the time it was kind of like i did think it might be something i really want my gaming group to try because they were very reluctant my group to try new things they were kind of very fixated on well we're playing D and we don't want to learn other systems let's keep playing D and had eventually got them to try fudge and i got them to try a game system called pace which was a diceless system just to kind of get them to break the mold a little bit so let them kind of expand as players and at times i think should i do a gaming group if they're happy playing one thing should they do but i mean i get bored i think after all if i play the one system all the time i do like to you know spread my wings a bit and try other things and you know just see what's out there and you know get that experience and think i was trying to sort of bring them along with me on that journey um i didn't end up actually running basic fantasy back then but it was quite nice to see it. And like I said, that's kind of what brought me into the sort of finding about what the OSR movement was at that point in time and sort of seeing some of the sort of the revival, sort of retro clones then coming up um, through the way via that, that game in particular. So a bit more, I guess, about what it means to me. And 
it was kind of brought to mind and it brought me back to basically fancy when I did actually run it again by the fact that I wanted to come back to running some three E games um on Roll Twenty at the time with some online groups and I was doing it at lunchtime in my work, well, say lunch hour. It was lunch hour, but I was playing for two hours because I was being sneaky and booking fake meetings into my diary, if I'm being honest. Don't tell my work that I did that. But anyway, um, and then so I was running some games then. Um, and as it happened, I, um, I found that the prep work for third edition was... I'd always sort of been aware that you had to do a fair bit of prep sometimes with 3E games, but I think because of the limited time I had, especially then with the family and my work and everything, that the prep was just getting quite significantly difficult to do, especially if I wanted to design ones myself. It wasn't quite so bad for pre-made games, but if I wanted to, which is what I like to do, divide my own sort of dungeons and my own kind of you know, place and that. And I do remember looking back through 3E, there's lots of things on there about challenge ratings and how many you should have to make the sort of right mix of things and the, you know, enough encounters to make people go up a level and how many should be easy and how many should be hard. And it was a little bit like really is this really what i'm doing with my time do i really want to be getting myself like almost like an excel spreadsheet out to work out how we're going to do encounters and when i look back at basic fantasy and it was the it was the difference in the stat blocks when you look at a stat block for a 3e encounter or 3.5 encounter i should say and the amount of things that are on there for the fact you've got the the full stats for something all your abilities you've got feats in there you've got skills because you might need to know them to roll them etc the rest of it and then compare that to basic fantasy with a really, really minimal back to kind of like almost like, you know, D &D, D basic really, which is what's based on systems where, you know, it was pretty much, I mean, it doesn't use Thacker or like a matrix. It uses like a base attack bonus system, that one. Um, so it had a base attack bonus, an AC, some hit points. And, you know, that was pretty much about it really. So it's just like really, really back to basics. And it was like, this is like, I was kind of looked at it and thought, do you know what? This is kind of what I like about this whole kind of movement. And to me, that was the whole thing about the OSR was the fact that, it was, felt like it was back to a time when when you could roll up a random encounter, you could pretty much like throw that thing down. And 2E is probably not a good example of that when I've played a lot of 2E, there's still a bit more to it. But again, if you go through the monster manual in 2E and if you throw out the whole ecology and like where things live and all that stuff, again, the stat blocks are quite small for the creatures and it was kind of fairly, you know, formulated. You'd work out their thackles quite quickly if you understood how that mechanism worked behind it and things. And it was quite easy just to kind of throw things back together and kind of bring them up. But it's like, it definitely wasn't the amount of accountancy that was required in some ways with 3E if you wanted to build even around encountering and work those things out and you know just kind of to me that was the thing it wasn't it's almost like the stripping back of the rules but it was more kind of going back to the feel and again with basic fantasy as well it was about the fact that it kind of invoked those old feelings about the simpler kind of mechanics and the simpler um artwork and things and i, I love the maps i do really like the osr maps it's like you know as much as the nice colorful shiny flashy ones are quite good for virtual tabletops when I want any theatre of the mind stuff. I really like the basic map drawings. It kind of, I guess in my head, my head when I'm visualising it, it reminds me of if I was someone who lived in those times and someone had drawn a sketchy map. That's kind of more what it would look like. I wouldn't. They wouldn't give me a higher as PDF back in fantasy medieval times, unless there's some very significant spell work going into it. Um, it would just be sort of sketchy drawings and kind of. I don't know. The maps really kind of invoked that sense into me. It kind of adds to the feeling and adds to the inspiration around the setting and the games of those and i guess in in some sort of vague roundabout way that's what osr means to me it was kind of bringing back those feelings of the old school games and how those used to be and the sort of feelings behind those and you know some of it comes back to like to talk about the death mechanic about how the games were quite deadly and i have had characters in the past who did fail a death saving throw and did die outright so that was always fun um and, you know, you have to be big enough and ugly if when you play those sort of games to expect that. But having played things like Paranoia and Call of Cthulhu a few times, character death, you know, it becomes a bit of like an you know, expectation in some ways. And um, 
as long as you trust the GM again not to be like throwing those in sort of spiteful way, you can kind of take it to roll the punches on those ones. Um, so yeah, it was kind of those sort of feelings, and I guess in a way that's what it means to me, OSR. So I never really try and define OSR because I don't think you can, especially not now when we've got loads of things like 5th edition sort of OSR offshoots, and you know there's OSR coming out of everybody's ears around everything now. It's like it's a very grey nebulous kind of area now. Um, and to me it's more the feeling it invokes, it's more the fact that it does kind of feel like those older games were like I said, it's back to basics. We've taken out those over-engineered mechanics, which I found was quite an issue for me in 3rd edition and Pathfinder. I didn't notice it so much at the time. It has to be said, I think, sort of kind of stepped away and gone back. It's become more apparent. I think that's probably because of the progression of the games. You know, obviously it started off with the basic sets and then the splat books slowly grew up and expanded those rules. And then when you come back to it and it's all kind of there, it's quite obvious how much those rules are bloated. Um... And so, yeah, it's like that back to basics is definitely what it means to me more than anything else. So this is kind of a very short ramble around that. But I felt that, you know, everybody else is doing these, what the OSR means to me. And I wanted to kind of throw mine into the mix as well, just to, you know, not really shake things up, I guess, because it feels like it's very similar to everybody else's. But, you know, get it off my chest and I feel like I've done it. And also because there was a conversation, another thing about, you know, Shandy Andy suggesting this. And I don't want to make Shandy Andy cry because I'm hoping to do some one shots with them in the near future. And, you know. I don't feel like I want to make him cry before I do the one shots. You know, wait till we're actually doing them to upset him. Um, not really, but you know, it's one of those things. But you know, let's just get it in there anyway. Okay, that's enough of me. Um, it is two o'clock in the morning here, so I think I'm just totally losing the plot anyway. So I shall speak to you all soon. Bye.